Welcome into the first Section 113 podcast of the 23-24 Trailblazers season. I'm Travis Demers. Thanks for being here with us. If you joined us last year, well, we did uh, a lot of things getting you ready for games. This year, the biggest change is one that I'm really excited about, and that is my broadcast partner who sits with me in Section 113 every night, Michael Holton, is now officially part of this podcast every day. So, Michael... I am so excited to get to work even more with you. I know you, uh, you you couldn't you couldn't get rid of me. A lot of things have happened in my lifetime, Travis, that I have been excited about. I have never been invited and introduced as a part of a podcast. So this is a first, and I'm excited because uh, we're going to work together now uh, in a new capacity that uh, is going to be uh, really exciting in terms of personal growth and development. There's a lot of growth and development on this Trailblazers team. And for us, in this edition of the Section 113 podcast, we were down in Santa Barbara. We had a chance to take in camp for a couple of days, um, had some conversations with Jeremy Grant, Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Murray. We'll play those for you a little bit later on. Um, But really just get a, a breakdown of camp. And this is a really unusual situation. Obviously, you know, the, the Trailblazers have moved on from Damian Lillard. There are some big, 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 big changes on the floor. But the continuity of this team just doesn't exist right now. There are four players on the Trailblazers right now that were on the Trailblazers opening night last year. Anthony Simons, who is now the longest tenured Blazer, Jeremy Grant, Shaden Sharp, and Jabari Walker. Nobody else on this team was on the roster opening night last year. So there there are a lot of things to work through. The coaching staff has a lot of work. The players have a lot of work. They're veterans. They're rookies. There's all kinds of things. So when, when you saw the first part of camp that you saw a couple of days ago, what stood out to you? Well, what stood out to me about training camp, which excites me about going to training camp, is conditioning and teaching when those lines intersect. You're trying to condition your team for a season, so you've got a high intensity to all of the drills. But then you also have to teach at the same time. And, you know, and the learning curve is steep for the reasons that you just described. So, you know, seeing this staff put together uh, a three-hour practice that, that, that included the conditioning and the teaching was exciting to me. You know, and Travis, life is about transition. So watching this team transition, watching this roster transition, uh, is going to be exciting, uh, I think, for everybody that pays close attention. You know, Chauncey said, I can't remember if he said this in uh, in an interview or if he was just talking to us when he said this, but training camp is going to basically go through October 23rd, not through this weekend, through the preseason, through all the, because there are so many young guys and they have a lot to get to work on. So this isn't the days of seven preseason games. There are four. Things, you don't have the time that you used to to get a roster like this ready to go. Yeah, and, you know, I was talking to Chauncey before practice about the very same thing, and I said, you know, looking at all of these breakdowns and these stations and these rotations, you're really teaching components, right? One station may teach uh, pick and roll, the other one may teach slip, and another station's teaching something else. I said, so you're doing a lot of work on the parts. When do you get to see the whole? When do these young players get to put it together? And he said, therein lies the challenge, you know, with a new team, a new roster. Until the other team shows up, there are some things you don't really get to put together. Yeah, it's it's interesting with that. You can only do so much. There, there are a lot of questions in terms of who's going to do what on this team. We look at Scoot Henderson as, you know, a big part of the future of this team. We 
just we can gather things just from looking at him, but you really never know about a player until they hit the floor. What has impressed you about him? You know, his speed, agility, and quickness. And I don't like to compare players to other players, but as you were just talking about Scoot and I had this image flash in my mind of a young Derrick Rose, you know, just physical, able to get anywhere with the dribble, play through contact. You know, but Scoot is is a player that has star quality, but he extends possessions. Uh, You look in practice whenever there were scrimmage situations, the person that got a deflection, got a steal, was Scoot Henderson. Uh, I mean, the person who extended the defense if they were down a couple of points and triggered a a steal or a turnover was Scoot Henderson. And, And when your best player, potentially, or one of your best players, or a player that you're putting the ball in his hands primarily, plays with that level of energy, uh, that's contagious. There are a couple of new guys that have come in from other organizations. Uh, DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton has had a really interesting story. He's spent his a majority of his basketball career in the state of Arizona. There were some contentious things that happened in Phoenix. You saw him on media day. Uh, I think he's ready to prove some people wrong. What have you seen from DA? He's excited. You know, whether you see him in the hotel lobby or you talk to him after practice, you know, he's a he's an excited guy. He's he's personable. He I think he loves playing. Uh, He enjoys interpersonal relationships, uh, has a childlike demeanor sometimes that I I think can be interpreted as as immature or not locked in. You know, he's a happy go lucky guy, Travis, on the one hand. But on the other hand, he's a beast. I mean, his skill set his athleticism, his length. He, he, he blocks shots. He changes shots. You know, he screens. He does a lot of highly skilled things as a, as a talented athletic basketball player. A lot of fans are really excited and have already kind of dubbed Robert Williams a fan favorite and they haven't even seen him on the floor yet. Um, I think part of that is the Time Lord nickname and the uh, everything that comes along with that. And just the the size and the youth from him. He's a pretty fun dude to watch. You know, he, he is, and, and and not to add another player to that question about Robert Williams, but, you know, there's two players that stood out to me on the floor that, that kind of have a piece that surpasses all understanding, and that's Malcolm Brogdon and, and Robert Williams third. I mean, those two guys are, are veterans. You see it through their poise. You see it through how other players respond to them. You know, in camp, I like to watch what happens in line, at the end of the line or at in between drills. Who do players go to for an interpretation or a deeper understanding? And it's Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams III. Yeah, it's interesting because between, you know, Williams has played in the finals. DeAndre Ayton has played in the finals. Brogdon was the sixth man of the year on a team that went to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Really, for the first time, and obviously we, we know what Chauncey's history is, for the first time in a long time, you have some players on this Trailblazers team, even though there's a ton of youth, that have deep playoff run experience. And I'm interested to see how all that meshes together. Yeah, you know, there are some early comparisons of this Blazer team to the 88-89 team, you know, in terms of the potential and and having different bases covered. So, you know, on the one hand, the ceiling is high uh, in terms of what's possible for the reasons you just described. You know, guys with deep playoff experience are of, of, of significant value as you get into a season and you experience adversity. You know, but I think the thing that stands out about this team, Travis, is the overall speed and quickness and length. With the style of play, you know, there, there were some things that you had to do when you had Damian Lillard. There were some things that you 
couldn't do. There's some things you can't do now because you don't have Dame. It's a, it's a totally different makeup of the roster. How do you see the style of play changing? You know, that's that's a great question, and, and I asked Chauncey about that. Obviously, the plan is to play fast, you know, and every team says that, you know, coming out of camp. We want to play with pace. You know, this team has the, the tools and the personnel to do it. You know, you have to be good defensively to create pace. And then offensively, you have to have guys that can make decisions at high speeds with the ball and off the ball. Simply put, Travis, I think the thing that will be most noticeable about this team that will be different from from the teams of the last couple of years will be the off-ball movement. You know, you talk about space. You know, this team has has, uh, needed players that can space the floor and catch and shoot, you know, when you're a pick-and-roll team. This team will not space the floor by being standing. Standing When the ball goes off the pick and roll or when the pass goes to the short roller, you'll see guys cutting from the corners. You'll see a lot of slashing and cutting and movement, which is more difficult to guard, and it highlights and features athleticism. This team has been basically bottom five in the league in assists the last, I don't know, decade plus. From what I've seen at camp, I think that's something that might change a bit. No, I think the ball movement uh, will be noticeable that – it just won't be a team that will rely on, on singular actions of, of of pick and roll and then read and react. I think this team is going to have five moving pieces or at least four moving pieces and somebody in the dunker spot, which will be more difficult to guard and will feature the pass. Uh, and back to Scoot Henderson, he's a pass first point guard. He really looks to to break down the first line of defense and find an opportunity for somebody else. The other thing that I, I think when you look at and I don't want to compare teams of, of the past to this because they're so different, but they're still wearing the same uniform. And we see what the Blazers have struggled with, what they've had success with. The Blazers have had struggle, uh, trouble defensively for the last handful of years. Now with DeAndre Ayton, Robert Williams, Matisse Thybul, uh, Scoot even in the front court, Malcolm Brogdon is a terrific defensive player. The identity of this team defensively has changed dramatically. Yeah, and, and a lot of that has to do with the the, the length of, of, of the roster in terms of personnel. Each guy's wingspan, if you just added them up and compared them to years gone by, you probably have a foot or two of additional length. What does that mean? Well, when you put your branches up, you extend your arms in, into passing lanes and you shrink the floor. Uh, and you hear coaches talk about shrinking the floor a lot by helping recover mechanisms and movements. But when you can just shrink the floor by putting your hands up, you know, all of a sudden the opposition is hesitant to to make certain passes. And any pass that hits the floor or uh, is lobbed up in the air is slower to get to its recipient. And, and now you got speed that can recover and close out. All right, let's take a listen to what some of the Blazers had to say. First, Michael had a chance to catch up with Jeremy Grant this week in Santa Barbara. Jeremy, is training camp more about conditioning or execution? Can you talk a little bit about the goals of camp? Uh, it's definitely conditioning. Um I think the biggest thing, especially for a team like us, uh, having you know, a ton of new players, is, is uh, figuring out how to play with the players that you got. And I think uh, that's what we're doing. We're implementing uh, all the strategies that, that the coaches want. Um, and then we're getting used to playing with the new players. And watching all of the breakdowns uh, to get to those strategies and, and how to play. As a veteran player in this league that has done a lot already and scored a ton of points, do you feel the need to provide leadership or lead by example? How do you look at it? Uh, definitely. I definitely feel like I need to provide leadership, especially on the team that we have. Uh, we have a really young team. And, uh, you know, just, you know, being in the league for 10 years, um, I definitely feel like I need to, you know, give them game and, you know, teach them the things that, that I've learned on the way. 
And from a fan understanding standpoint, how much of the learning in camp happens off the floor? I mean, meetings, video, video breakdowns, or, or is what I'm watching really how the learning happens? Oh, uh, I think it's both. I think it's both, and I think they're both equally important. Um, you know, just coming out here, you know, in Santa Barbara with the team, um, just getting a vibe for everybody, understanding uh, how we act as, as people off the court because it translates to, to, to how we how we move on the court. So that and also being on the court. Finally, you've been a primary scorer in this league. You've been a role guy. You've been a primary scorer. You feel the need to put a lot of points on the board with this young group? Uh, that's what it calls for. Um, not out here hunting points or anything like that. Uh, if they need me to score in order to win, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and if not, you know, I'm going to facilitate. So I'm figuring it out. Um, definitely want to be aggressive uh, regardless, but, you know, whatever they need me from, from me. Right, great stuff with Michael and Jeremy Grant. I had a chance to sit down with Chris Murray this week. Your first impressions of what you thought practice was going to be like at camp and now what it actually has been like for you. Yeah, I knew it was definitely just going to be like a ramp-up week for us, um, get up and down, uh, learn a lot, especially with a lot of new guys that we have. Um, so it's definitely – I went into it with no expectations kind of. Um, just just excited to play basketball and uh, play basketball in a couple weeks too in front of our fans. So definitely just excited to be here and learn, learn new things. Uh, continue the growth that we made in the in the fall it's an interesting situation because you're a rookie but you're also one of the older guys on the team it's a little strange obviously Malcolm and you know Jeremy and Robert those guys are older but you know you're 23 years old there are a lot of 19 20 21 year old guys so in in terms of the the off the court role that you see yourself playing what does that look like yeah I mean I'm a pretty chill guy um, I don't do too much so um, kind of matured with age I feel like um, but yeah, um, I think just off the court, everyone really gets along. I mean, we're all around the same age. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good thing, especially just team chemistry-wise. Um, but yeah, I feel like I, I am mature. I bring a lot of maturity to the team, um, especially for the young guys. Um, I feel like I can just be buddy-buddy with them, be friends with them, just help them a little bit here and there. In terms of on the court, what do you want your role to be? What have they communicated your role to be? And what do you need to do to get there? Yeah, for me, it's just be able to uh, knock down shots. That's the biggest thing for me. Um, just play defense, be able to guard multiple positions. Um, that's kind of just what I've been working on a lot. It's mostly on, on the defensive end. I know the offense will come, uh, whether I have bad shooting days or good shooting days. But defensively, I'm trying to just uh, try to be ahead of the curve. And that comes with making sure my body is right, making sure I'm in shape. And um, I mean, I feel really good. So, I mean, uh, just want to contribute um, as much as I can to winning. Um, I'll do whatever, whatever they want me to do. What are your early impressions of this coaching staff and working with them? Yeah, uh, it was honestly just a seamless transition for me from going to my Iowa coaching staff to uh, Portland. Um, all the coaches I've gotten to know really well. Um, I've worked worked with a lot of them. Um, uh, Chauncey's a great great head coach. Um, he's kind of he's a player's coach, so um, he kind of sees things that we do very similarly. Um, but yeah, I feel like everyone just gets along really well. Everyone contributes in their in their own way. I think that's kind of what's special about this group of, of coaches is that. Um, you get different perspectives on things and I can go to one coach for something than another just and they, they might see different things and I think that's kind of what's cool about it. The roster looks very different today than it did at this time last year and it looks very different today than it did two weeks ago so your thoughts and your ideas of what this season was going to be like before those changes and now that things have changed quite a bit has, has anything changed for you at all in terms of what your expectations are? Uh, no, nothing's really changed for me. Um, I kind of went into it with uh, the same expectations I do now. Um, and that's just kind of 
try to be the best player that I can be uh, for this team and just, just, just see growth week in and week out with, with myself and with the team. So I kind of went in with no expectations. Usually as a rookie, you don't see uh, these types of trades happen um, this early, but I got to know the guys who were here before. And I got to know the guys that are here now. So it's definitely a, this week's kind of definitely a learning experience for us. But yeah, for me, it's just the same expectations. Obviously, you've played a lot with your brother. He left school a year before you did. He's in Sacramento, had a nice rookie year. In some ways, is it good to be separated and, and separate yourselves and build your own identity? Yeah, I mean, that's honestly one of the reasons why I went back to school is to just kind of be by myself, away from Keegan, um, kind of create my own journey, my own path, and my own name. So I, I definitely think I did that. But, I mean, Keegan and I, we were both perfectly fine with not being roommates anymore and kind of living away from each other. My parents definitely had a tougher time with it, but uh, Key and I were, were definitely cool with it. <laughs> so now moving forward, you know, your, your parents are going to be split. You know, are they going to go to some games in Sacramento, some games in Portland? How's that going to work out for the family? Yeah, I'm going to let them figure it out. Uh, I'm not, I know, it'll be cool, though. We'll be with each other for Christmas because I think they play the day after Christmas in Portland. So, I mean, that'll be nice, but it's kind of just they'll be here sometimes. Uh, they'll be in Sacramento other times, but... I mean, for the most part, they'll be here every time we play each other. I know you haven't been out in a game or a situation where the fans are there, but I'm sure you've you've seen this fan base a bit. What's your first impression, without actually being out on the floor, of what the Rip City fan base is like? Yeah, I mean, I've heard all good things. Um, I feel like uh, they might take me in uh, really well. And I think, um, I mean, yeah, I've only heard good things about them, and I think that's kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it's similar to Iowa, just how uh, you got – fans who are just diehard for that organization and i feel like rip city is very similar to that do you have any nicknames people are looking for nicknames for you do you have any i got i don't have any nicknames but i mean people are welcome to chime in if they want to all right one of the trailblazers first round picks chris murray a lot of big things expected for him and one of the other players that is new to this franchise but a totally different role the oldest player on this trailblazers team malcolm brogdon It's a totally new situation for you, but that's also not new to you. You've, you've been through a couple of new situations before. So how is this one different? How are you adapting to it? Yeah, you know, I think uh, this is a young group. Um, it, it, so it's a, it's a different type of basketball. Um, you know, it has young stars on this team that are, uh, you know, the franchise guys. And um, so I think it's about, for me, pouring into those guys uh, from a leadership position, um, trying to really echo what, what Chauncey wants to the rest of the team. Um, and then, you know, for me, I'm still in my prime. So um, being able to be an example on the floor as well. Chauncey brought that up at media day that, you know, there have been situations where players who have been around for a while and know this game inside and out and are great veterans will go to a team, but they don't have a lot left in the tank. You do. You still have a ton left in the tank. Like you said, you're in your prime sixth man of the year. So in terms of your game and your role and your fit on the floor, what do you see that as? Uh, you know, I think it's still a leadership position. I think it's um, I think for this team, especially with young guys, I think we have the tendency to get sped up. Um, to get a little out of control um, and just I think I can bring a calm I think I can keep guys organized um, and then I think I can be a guy that finishes games and you know allows us to execute at the at the end of games you've been on teams that have championship aspirations you've been on teams that are rebuilding you've been on teams in the middle from what this team is and just how new everybody's I mean there's four players that are on the roster that were on the roster opening night last year so when you see that where do you see that the biggest areas of improvement that this team needs 
Uh, one, I do think they need a veteran um, guard like myself. Um, I think that's huge, especially that the you know the franchise guys on this team are guards. You know, Shea, Scoot, Ant, they're all guards, and they're all going to be very, very good pros. So I think to have an older veteran guard that's sort of been there and done it and won it at a high level, I think that's super important. And then I think, you know, I think the group just has to grow together. I don't think you can rush, uh, you know, inexperience. I think the guys don't have a lot of experience yet, and that's not something you can rush. It's going to take time. I think it's an amazing fan base that is with the team, you know, no matter what. Um, so uh, this team is still going to be super exciting this year. Um, but we're, we're definitely going to have our pains. We're definitely going to grow from it. But we're definitely going to have some ups and, and have a lot of fun. For you to come into this situation with a guy that you were teammates with last year and Rob, he speaks very highly of you, as you should, and vice versa. To have somebody like that that you know when there are a lot of guys that I'm sure you don't know, how much does that help the, the transition for you? It definitely helps to have, to have someone that you really know, someone that you've won with, spent a lot of time with um, on a high-level team that knows how to win like you know how to win um, and is you know incredibly talented and skilled and, and, and a high-IQ guy. Um, you know, it, it's really helpful for me to have him here as sort of a partner in this transition um, and to try to help these young guys, you know, be as good as they can be. For you on a personal level, you've, you've moved around a bit. You've signed places, you've been traded. Now you're in another situation here in Portland. And, you know, it's, it can be hard to get stability that way. So where, where do you feel most stable? What do you do personally? I have my family, um, my wife, my two daughters. Um, they're with me every step of the way. Where, whatever city I'm in, they're, they're going to be there. They're going to be right with me. That's really, where, that's really my rock. That's really my grounding. Um, as long as I have them, I know I'm going to be okay. Um, and then for me at this point in my career, it's about uh, finding a, a good organization that values what I bring to the table on and off the floor. Um, I'm not looking to come someplace and be you know, the star or, or anything like that. I'm coming someplace to be a leader, uh, to be a good teammate, and really help a team win and grow. How old are your daughters? Uh, one is about to turn three, and the other one's eight months. For your kids to, to make another transition like this, when they're not in school yet, how much of a transition is it for them? It's a, I think it's a bigger transition for them than it is for me. You know, I've, I've been doing this for eight years, and uh, this is part of my job. This is sort of, for me, what's expected at, some, at, at certain points. But for my family, man, picking up and moving, um, and my wife having to do really the brunt of the work as far as, uh, you know, moving the kids out to Portland and doing all that, it's hard, you know, and you hear a lot of people say, you know, you're a millionaire or, you know, you have a lot of money, don't, don't complain. It's, it's not as much complaining as it is, you know, just our reality and recognizing that there's hardship during it. Um, and when you have kids, for no matter how much money you have, you don't want to have to pick up and move your kids, you know, across the country to different cities and have to learn different communities and restart over and over again. So, um, but we're, we're really looking forward to this uh, transition and, and this city. We've heard such amazing things about it, so it's going to be great. To have a coach like Chauncey who played in this league, played a similar position, played at the highest level, won a championship, won a finals MVP, to go along with his personality and everything that he brings, what do you see in your first couple of days playing for him? Just a calm, um, a calming presence uh, I think is super important for the young guys. He has so much experience. He's a, he's a, he's a champion as a, as a player. Um, and, uh, you know, this is what these young players need. He was a... He's a Hall of Fame guard, point guard. So, um, you know, it's going to be very important for them to learn from him, for them to uh, soak up as much knowledge. Not every player, not every young guard in the league 
has an opportunity to learn from such an elite talent, elite player, um, and I think elite coach. I think he's doing a great job with these guys. Uh, he's incredibly patient with them while also you know, being very demanding, so it's a great balance. All right, so all three of those guys talked about defense, and we talked about a little bit ago, Michael, that this is the, the defensive identity of this team is, is going to change. Why is this year the year that we see significant change on the defensive end? Well, I talked about the ball uh, not getting to the paint defensively. And the reason for that is in the past, if you beat the first line of defense, you know, you got to the rim, all right? And there wasn't the rim protection or the depth of rim protection to chain shots. Well, now you had, you know, DeAndre Ayton and Robert Williams III, and, you know, you're not going to have a pass to the rim. Uh, And so now you're going to have shots being blocked, shots being changed, and you're going to have probably over time a level of intimidation and hesitation by opponents trying to attack the rim. And that changes the game dramatically when you can keep the ball out of the paint and get out in transition. It's been a long off season for the team, for the fans, for you and I. I mean, we, we've had all kinds of things going on. I mean, it feels like we've already been working with the team for a month. We had car trouble. We we had we had the time here in Santa Barbara, training camp. It feels like Scoot's been on the team for two years. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to just get down to some basketball. You know, I am too, Travis, because it's been an off season of transition and of change. You know, and you really got to compliment, you know, Jody Allen at the top of, of overseeing this transition that's significant. You know, when you trade uh, arguably the best player in, in, in team history and you've got to rebuild a roster, you've got to have leadership from the top and, and all the way down to Joe Cronin and his staff and what they did. And what excites me now is we're looking at a roster that Chauncey Billups has always talked about wanting to coach. You know, two-way players, competitive guys, defense first guys. and And so now, you know, we get to see the rubber meet the road, and it's going to be exciting. So moving forward, we've got four preseason games. You're going to hear all of them on the Trailblazers radio network and on our flagship station, 620 a.m. Rip City Radio. It starts on Tuesday night with the New Zealand Breakers at home and then Thursday uh, against the Phoenix Suns. Michael and I will have all the action for you. Mike Lynch will join us as always. And we are ready to roll with the season opener on October 25th down in L.A., against the Clippers man another year is here I'm excited and I'm excited to be doing this with you are you excited to to sit down and actually have more of an opportunity to kind of get your thoughts out because you always have something to say well Travis we we have such complementary skill sets right I mean you are amazing in your preparation and in the detail and and framing the picture and and then I kind of try to just add a little spice to it so that there's a better level of understanding. So it's an exciting season, Travis, for the both of us. It's an exciting season for the Blazer Nation, and I'm ready to get going. All right, there is Michael Holton. I'm Travis Demers. We will see you next time on the Section 113 podcast. Thanks for joining us. 